0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Film Spill, a movie night podcast, with your hosts Jackie and Chelsea. And Film Spill, if you don't already know, is a podcast that usually comes out every Thursday. And we talk about a movie by a female filmmaker every episode.
1: We also discuss women in the entertainment industry in general, play slumber party-type games, spill entertainment gossip, get to know each other, and our guest. This week, we have a special guest, Lana James. She's a screenwriter and NYU student who likes to write horror and psychological thrillers.
2: Yeah, hi, I'm Lana. I study dramatic writing at NYU Tisch. And my long-term goal is to be a script writer for TV and video games. I love video games and specifically horror.
1: That's awesome. I didn't know that you were into writing for video games.
2: Yeah, that was actually originally my major. I was at Gallatin at NYU studying writing for video games but then I transferred into Tisch and they don't have like a video game like section but um, it still helped me learn like the craft of script writing and everything. So it's still really useful and I hope to use it for video games.
1: And what got you into, like, wanting to dive into, like, the film world and the film aspect of things? Besides that, like, Tish didn't offer the program that he wanted. Yeah, I just, I grew up watching, like,
2: film and just seeing that as like a way to like view life and as I got older I realized the differences between film and life and I kind of just wanted to be able to merge them so that what you see on film can feel like real life even if it's not exactly how it is I just want to be able to make it feel authentic in a way that really like gets to people.
0: I really don't know much about writing for video games but that's really interesting Are there any video games that you think are like really well written or that you would really hold up there? (laughs)
2: Well, first of all, I think the Silent Hill world is like the best created world in video games just because it was so well-crafted to fit each individual protagonist in each game, at least within the first like four games, I think. I just really appreciate it. And it really like introduced me to the world of video games and how narrative it can be and how um, it can really like impact you. But besides that, more modern video games I'm really into are probably Detroit Become Human. That was really good. And it was a choose your own adventure type of video game. So like the player got to like, like their actions mattered and like everything was like a consequence of their own um, choices. So I really like that concept and um, probably the last of us series. There's only like two games out right now, but that's also a really good one. It really tugs at the heartstrings.
1: I get hooked on those type of choose your own adventure type of games because I get like this anxiety. I'm like, I don't want to lose the game and pick the wrong choice. You don't know what your choices will lead to. And in like a choose your own adventure game, it's like all right, you have these four choices, and like you might succeed out of it, and you might not come out of it. And yeah, no, I get really hooked. The Walking Dead does one. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, so like
2: all of that. time. <laughs> yes. yeah. like you get I was hooked. to all these characters, and then like when you make decisions that affect them, you feel bad or you feel happy, and that's like a something that I think video games really have a good advantage on in the industry.
0: That's
1: true. There's not as much appreciation for it.
2: Yeah, like it's it's becoming more popular. Like even at school, there is a video game class supposed to be this semester, but it got canceled. But like it's starting to like be put more into the limelight. Like people are starting to realize like video games are being taken more seriously. They're getting these awards, and they're even getting turned into TV shows. And that's happened in the past, like with movies like Silent Hill and Resident Evil but with the last of us like actual show i think that's the first time that they're actually going to try and make it like something that's long form and so i think video games are really like the next big thing honestly
0: yeah there's a lot of potential there for like you were saying immersive storytelling and empathizing with the characters i was just thinking about like how difficult it must be and i'm sure there's like structured ways that people do it but just like It's hard enough to write one coherent script, but to have to like come up with multiple storylines that kind of like branch out from each other, that's just, that's so impressive. And I think maybe like some games don't necessarily take full advantage of that or don't do that because like I said, it is really hard, but like to actually do it and do it well would be such a task.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like something I realized like how long video games take to make because like the first last of us game came out when i was like 12 or 13 and it's funny because i was the same age as like the little girl inside that first game her name was ellie and then the second one came out like last year or like early this year but like i was the same age as her now like we grew up together and that was just like an interesting kind of like dynamic to like see a character when they're young and then for them to grow and you to grow as well and then like go back into their life and see how it's like changed like what they're doing now like I think that being able to grow with someone over the years is something that video games do really well too
1: well also it's like you see the technology improve over the years and what they're able to accomplish it looks so much more realistic than they were able to do back in the day like I grew up playing Call of Duty (laughs) and like Call of Duty back then to what it is now is like completely different yeah like I'm so used to the basic Call of Duty. So now when everything advanced, I'm like, I don't know what to do. But that's Mm -hmm. me in technology now. Like, I don't even know how to use my phone. (laughs) I'm like, it's too advanced for me. It's too much. (laughs) What is your, you said you wanted to write for television, but what is your ultimate like dream job that if it was offered to you right now, you would take it?
2: Honestly, probably writing for video games. Because I feel like that's something that isn't given much, like, attention. Like, when I write, tell people I want to write for video games, they're like, I didn't know that was a job. (laughs) And I'm just like, yeah, there's, like, a (laughs) storyline. So I have to write it and there's so much that goes into it it takes so much time and I think that like, the gaming environment is like a really like it can be kind of toxic sometimes especially being a woman but it's something that has always been there for me I've always felt comfort in watching video games and watching like playthroughs or anything like that and so I think it's like a it's something with like inside of me that I really like personally need to like explore more um outside of just like getting a job and like making money it's something I want to like explore for the sake of knowing that I followed a dream per se while like writing for TV is more so me following a career path that I think suits me the best and I would enjoy but um, writing for video games is more like a passion.
1: Which I know it's a very male dominant industry video games I mean it's always been advertised as such a male thing but it's really not you know so do you feel like there needs to come a time where there should be more females involved in the whole video game Aspect of things, so whether that be writing, character design,
2: yeah, for sure. Like there's even been this little like trend I saw on like LinkedIn and Twitter of like people talking about character design of women in video games, and how like you always know who's supposed to be like the stereotypical like badass woman because she has like a short haircut with like a side little buzz or something like yes. that. Oh yes, <laughs> little so, hair. Yeah, like there, there definitely needs to be more of like a woman perspective put into it. So it can be more realistic and show the different sides of women and not only women, but like reality for sure. There needs to be more women put like behind the scenes and even like in video games, like there's some like protagonists, but it's not often like the most like popular one I can think of is probably like a recent one is The Last of Us. And that was actually really good representation because she was clear too, you know, and so it was like really great. But um, there needs to be more of that so that I don't have to, like, just look at one and say, oh, yeah, that's the one example I have of this. You know, there needs to be more examples that I can pull from.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's been so much. I mean, we obviously still have so far to go, but I feel like in TV and film, we've seen a lot of progress. But, like, video games are really something that's still lagging in terms of like gender parity both with like on-screen representation and anybody behind the scenes
1: oh i'm ready guys for this slumber party game are you guys ready
2: yeah i am oh, actually yeah.
1: i feel kind of confident so. <laughs> Ooh, okay all right so the game that we're playing this week is finish my phrase movie edition so I have found some titles to some of my favorite movies and some popular movies. So I just wanted to put like a mix in to make them a little bit familiar, you know, so you guys aren't completely lost with the movie title. So the first one is Casa Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs> Casa Blanca. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Gone with the blank. <laughs> Jackie. Gone with the wind.
0: Ding, ding, ding.
1: All right, it's one and one, guys. Cute. <laughs> Lord of the blank. Lana. Lord of the rings. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, okay. Blank moon. Jackie. New moon? Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Hell yeah, okay. <laughs> I had to keep up the Twilight theme, guys. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say mm-hmm. full moon, but I was like, that's not a movie.
0: <laughs> and my first thought was moonlight, but then I'm like, that's know not how that movie. word works. I like
1: backwards, though. <laughs> yeah. Close, close. Okay. Dirty blank. Lana. Dirty dancing? Yes. Iconic ding, ding, ding. I love that. Conic. Yeah. Okay, this one you guys have to get. Okay. Blank Pocus. Jackie.
0: Hocus Pocus.
1: Yay. Ding, Yay. Ding, ding. Okay. Okay. The Blank Family. Lana. The Proud Family? No. Oh, I loved that show though. It's good. It's good. I know the peanut movie. Yeah. <laughs> Jackie, do you know what it is? Is it The Adams Family? It is. Oh, okay. Ding, ding, ding. I know, but I do approve of the Proud Family too. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> Was it the Proud Family vacation or something? Was that yeah, that's ding? it. That's it. Yeah,
1: yes. that one. So good. Blank, alone.
0: Jackie. Home
1: alone. Yeah, Home Alone. Ding, ding, ding. Oh my gosh, you're on a roll. You got five right now. Five to three. Shoot, I gotta catch up. up. (laughs) This is one word blank smart. Lana. Book smart? Yeah, Yeah. good (laughs) job. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) You're back on a roll. Just one more. One more, (laughs) then we're tired. (laughs) Okay, this one, I hope, I think you guys will get this one. Yeah. The blank games. Jackie.
0: hunger games
1: yeah yeah ding 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 the blank showman lana the greatest showman yeah i I
2: forgot what it was called
1: (laughs) i was like wait a minute (laughs) 13 blank blank 30 jackie
0: 13 going on 30
1: yes ding 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 Okay, oh you have you guys have to know this one. I got all the good ones here, guys. Okay. (laughs) Blank girls. Lana. Broke girls. That's a show though. That's (laughs) raw. No. You
2: broke girls.
1: (laughs) Eh. (laughs) Close though. Close. Jackie? Is it dream girls? No, oh. you guys both didn't get it. Okay. Wait,
0: what else? Who are the girls, Chelsea? <laughs> Who are these girls? You speak of?
1: Mean Girls.
0: Oh, oh my God! Wow, Amanda Seyfried. Oh my God! Yeah, I
1: know. I thought you guys are gonna get that one. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. All right, maybe next one. Maybe next one. Blank candles. Jackie.
0: Sixteen candles.
1: Yes, this is supposed to say two words. It's gonna be blank, blank me. It's an old film to give you guys like a hint.
0: Old film.
1: It's an old film. It was made in the nineteen, I think, eighties, late nineteen eighties.
2: Lana. So the timing is wrong. Maybe there, maybe there was an original Marley and Me.
1: That was my guess.
2: Mm. No, yeah. but you
1: guys are close. No, that's too soon. That was like 2000 and something. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you guys another shot because this one's going to be hard. Unless you're okay. like a die hard fan of this movie, I feel like it's not really like talked about. Okay. My
0: only guess is Despicable Me. But that's <laughs> totally
1: wrong. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. I yeah. should put that one on there. But it's not. We have a hint to like a character mm-hmm. or something. They're all boys, and they're looking for something. And there's a theme song to it by Ben E. King or Ben, no, or like Ben L. King. I have no idea what this, what this
0: title is. So darling, darling. <gasps> you okay, got it, Jackie? Wait. <laughs> Stand by me. Yes.
1: Oh.
0: I got yeah, but- a song. You needed
1: the song. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually one of my favorite movies. I grew up watching that movie. Like, I've seen it mm-hmm. so many times. I had to throw that in. I was like, if someone knows it. But it's mm-hmm. not that popular. Not that many people have watched it. Okay, this, I, I keep saying it's easy. But like, this one, like, come on. Come on. How do you not know this one? <laughs> it is Dr. Blank. Marvel's? Oh.
0: Marvel. Dr. Do- Who? No, 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 close. Doctor. I was going to say Dr. Doolittle, but then you said Marvel. So yeah,
1: like... I was thinking Dr. Doolittle mm-hmm. too. He does like some cool, he has a cape. I know who you're talking about. I thought his name was Doctor Who. <laughs> 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 Doctor
0: Who? I don't I think so. It. People are going to come for you Lana. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, But it's it, it starts with an S dr strange dr strange that is it that's it yeah it's okay you guys were like on a roll in the beginning like jackie you have three six nine you have nine jackie and lana you have two four five okay it can be anyone's game okay this is one word dead blank jackie
0: Only because I just watched this movie and like I was disappointed but that's for another discussion. Um, Deadpool. Yeah, you were disappointed? Yeah, I just... We have to talk about it. It's not for me. I can appreciate that other people like it Mm -hmm. but I'm sorry.
1: No, I know. I feel that. I feel that. I like the comedy. I think that's why. Like I like the the rough comedy in it. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right, next one. This is something that we are going to be talking about soon. So, blank bird. Yes. Ladybird? Yes. Okay, I was thinking of Timothy Chalamet in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Timothy bird. Timothy (gasps) bird. (laughs) I blank. Oh. Yes. I robot? No. Mm. That's a good one, though. That's a good one. (sighs) Jackie. I Tanya? yeah i tanya yeah. okay i but i wrote i totally forgot that was a movie yeah <laughs> i was a little yeah. bit more old school with it but it's fine <laughs> blank wick lana john wick yes okay this is one word guys blank father lana well, I was going to say Godfather, but it's the Godfather, so. That's no, I mean. but yeah, I, that's right. I just put Godfather, yay. Oh, yeah.
2: nice. Okay. <laughs> okay, yay. <laughs> You're on good terms with him. You can just call him Godfather.
1: <laughs> Pulp blank. Lana, ooh, you were on a roll. Pulp fiction? <laughs> yes. Two more, and then we're done, guys, all right? Okay. So, let's see who wins this. Pans blank. Jackie.
0: Labyrinth.
1: Yes. Blank Gump. Lana. Forest Gump. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why I said that so seriously. Forest Gump. Forest Forest Gump. Gump. All right. Let me calculate this up. All right. Lana, you have ten. Jackie, I think you have twelve.
0: Yeah. Jackie won. I feel Yay. bad beating our guest. She came no, on the show. Fine. I'm used to
2: losing. <laughs> You're fine. Don't worry. About it. That makes me feel I'm worse. i just used for the ride. Like, don't worry about it at all. All
1: right. Well, let's get on with our Twilight discussion because I'm super excited. I really can't wait for us to start talking about Twilight. I've been obsessed since I was in middle school, and then now, like rewatching everything, I've become more obsessed, and I feel like I should reread the books like fully I don't know get back into like the world of Twilight
2: yeah for sure something that book did really well I think is really just like get you into the world no matter how like crazy chaotic and toxic it was you were like this is my life now and (laughs) like it was just a really good watching the film like it makes me want to read the books again too just so I can like go back to my old roots of just like fangirling over Edward or Jacob when in reality I was like wait Kristen Stewart though (laughs) that's how I ended up
0: (laughs) you guys are gonna I guess introduce me some or like bring me into the twilight fold because I haven't read any of the books and before watching the movie this time for this episode I had only seen it once before back, like, I think the summer before I went to college. Because my friends were like, you haven't seen Twilight? What the <laughs> hell? So they like sat me down and forced me to watch it like clockwork orange. But uh, it's just such a wild ride. So I'm, I'm ready to be further taken down that rabbit
1: hole I guess yes welcome to wonderland Alice you know <laughs> literally especially that I just went to Forks Washington this really? past summer oh yes I did oh, so cool. I had the opportunity to like really dive myself into like the twilight feel without mm-hmm. watching the movies in years but I was like such a I was fangirling the whole time like, yeah. for real, like, I can't wait to show you guys pictures. I was, like, thinking, I'm like, should I post my pictures on her film spill page? Because, like, it was just such a great experience. Like, it's just a one-day trip type of thing because Forks, Washington, is, like, dead. There is nothing there. It's such, like, a kind of ghost town. I mean, there's people who live there, but it's very, like, there's nothing around. Like, there's no Walmarts. There's no, like, CVS. <laughs> like, if there's no CVS around, that's when you know it's bad. <laughs> Is it like really small then? Yeah, it's like really small. It's very, um, just how it looks in the movies. With the fog, it creates that type of like misty feel. So you feel like you're going into the movie, like you're going into the woods with Edward or whatever. (laughs) I went to La Push where, um, you know, they do a lot of the scenes. Yeah, yeah. It looks exactly like the movie. It was so cold though. And we we went in May Mm -hmm. and it was brick. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know if it ever gets nice out there. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so horrible. I would like to know. It seems super
2: cool. Like, I want to go there, like, so I can, like, be a 13-year-old again. (laughs) Like, I want to go and experience
1: that. Like, I'm at Disney World. For, like, a day, though. Like, I wouldn't. We stayed overnight because we wanted to, like, get, like, the whole experience. Like, I went to all the they have like a list of like the trademarks if you go to like a gift shop of like what is like the call house or whatever i mean a lot of them are far away because they did shoot in um oregon i
0: There's. could go right now i'm in portland maybe i could find Ooh. some twilight spots um yeah. you probably
1: can <laughs> let us know
0: <laughs> but we'll we'll see we can post some photos on um the instagram when we make our episode post potentially so you guys can see
1: you guys can see all of my adventures that I got to go on when I was there. But um, if you're like a Twilight geek like me, like it's an experience of a lifetime that you definitely have to check out because you won't get anything like it. Like the movie doesn't do it justice until you actually get to experience it in real life and you're like, holy shit, where's Edward? <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's just gonna appear in front of you and you're like, I was watching you sleep. <laughs> so after all that, little intro. Twilight is available to watch on Netflix. It just came out recently on Netflix, so everybody's going crazy watching Twilight again. And our conversation will contain spoilers for the film. And I also wanted to mention, we'll talk some about this later, and just Native representation in this series in general, but there will be some links in the episode description to learn about and donate to the Quileute tribe and their move to higher ground. But yeah, Lana, why did you decide to have us talk about this film this week?
2: yeah it was just all over my twitter feed like as soon as it was on netflix it was everywhere and like there were like new memes and stuff and it just made like it really made me want to just like go back and get that nostalgia especially now that i'm older because i watched it like kind of recently like probably when i was 18 or 19 but i'm like 21 now and so i've had like more life experience and i just wanted to really like watch it and see like how like bad characters they were <laughs> like the way they treated each other and everything and it was just so entertaining it's horrible like but it was just like really fun to watch
0: yeah. like it's just
2: such a messy situation and they just act so much like teenagers like the way they talk about how they feel for each other and it's like man I can't believe I was like that but it, it was it was a good time to go back into and so I thought it would be a good thing to talk about
1: there were certain things that were said definitely like in the dialogue that I was like I was definitely like head over heels if like someone were to say that to me but now looking back on it I'm like I'm disgusted yeah that's so cheesy and like please don't say that to me (laughs)
2: like I feel very protective over you like if someone said that to me
1: get away from me who are you <laughs> he did something to her car so she I don't know because i watched all of them when I got That's when I started watching one. this one it was yeah. the second the one. one okay yeah see I don't know they're all intertwined now <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm like talking about the second one but he like takes out her battery mm-hmm. and he's like um she's like what are you following me mm-hmm. and like he doesn't answer it but like he's always watching her Dude, okay. so, yeah. yeah so try like, to like justify
2: it because she gets in trouble one time with like these guys on the street and I guess in that situation it was good he was there to help her but he was still stalking her (laughs) so it's still kind of odd it's just two situations
0: (laughs) this Volvo just whips in (laughs) out of nowhere like what oh my god I was watching I watched the movie with my boyfriend and his sister and neither of them had seen Twilight before or anything. So, like, I was even, like, kind of explaining some stuff to them. Mm-hmm. But there were just so many moments where we were just all, like, what the fuck is actually yeah. happening? Yeah, it's it's crazy. But it's, it's so fun.
1: She got head over heels from him really quickly. And I don't know if it was, like, this mysterious way, but the way that her character progresses is that she... I don't know if you heard her dialogue in the beginning of this, like, the scene where she just doesn't feel alive. So when she learns that there's a possibility that you can become a vampire, she becomes obsessed with the fact that she can be turned and she's, like, begging Edward, you know, throughout these books that she wants to get changed. So, like, eventually, obviously, she gets changed, but because she gets pregnant and, like, she's pretty much getting kind of killed from being pregnant it's like half vampire like half human that has like special powers to like read your mind
0: the baby
1: the baby (laughs) (laughs) the baby
0: (laughs) this is a powerful baby wow
1: oh yeah you have to watch you have to watch all of them Jackie. i
0: want to and they're all on netflix so like i feel like it's there's no excuse not to i have my boyfriend hooked too it's gonna be like the bachelor where we're like we know this is gross but we love to watch it that's twilight for you i'm like literally
1: there's some things that you just are kind of like, what? But you keep watching it because it's pretty entertaining.
2: Yeah.
1: Let me know. Once you finish watching them, let me know. We can we can talk about it. Because I don't want to ruin, <laughs> like, more for you. I feel like I've already ruined enough.
0: <laughs> I mean, the thing with Twilight is that there's been so much content that I've consumed that is sort of about it. Like, because it's just such, it has such a presence online. Like, just different YouTube videos or like people just talking about it that I feel like I it really can't be spoiled for me because I have heard about like the major I guess plot beats in the rest of the series. I guess there's probably little details like the baby being able to <laughs> read your mind but like I don't know I it's it's just interesting how like ingrained it is at least in like my corner of the internet.
2: Something that's actually really interesting is how big of like a cultural impact Twilight had on like the film industry, specifically like the young adult film, like romance type films. I guess not even just like a young adult, like just adult romance. Like Fifty Shades of Grey was a Twilight fanfic. And there's other films yeah. that were like Twilight fanfics and they actually got like produced and like their own like streaming sites now. That whole like the whole just creation of like the Twilight and like the dynamics between the characters is something that like got so much popularity that it like became like a little genre basically.
0: And this happens so much with the film industry, and I'm sure with uh, the publishing industry and stuff. Where like there is something that catches on, like for whatever reason, like Twilight, and then everyone tries to emulate it, or like everyone is is greenlighting those projects even if it's crap, you know. But it's it's really interesting. But Twilight definitely did like it was a cultural reset. I'll it say, really was. You know. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah, like kids like
1: that are like 13 now or like the age that we were when we were becoming obsessed with it are becoming obsessed with it. Yeah. You know, and are like loving it just as much as we did. But like they are liking the movies. They haven't read the books. Like we fell in mm-hmm. love with the books first because that's what came to us first. I was obsessed to the point where I had posters. I had merch I had I had all the books like I had everything I had my blankets I made sure that I got a blanket for each of the movies mm-hmm. from like Hot Topic because oh, wow. Hot Topic was like my shit Hot back in the day. I used to love you Hot know? Topic. Went through like my emo phase you know because <laughs> I was all for it like Team Edward like pins like everything I was a die heart so when the first movie came out I was ready that's so funny though, because I actually, I had to read Twilight
2: secretly because my mom did not like it. And so I used to like go to my middle school library and I would get like one book as like a decoy book, right? <laughs> I would like put up the pillows and the blankets and then read Twilight like hidden. And then I would have the other book next to me. So when my mom came in, I would just switch it out really
0: quickly. <laughs> oh my God. Really undercover. That makes it like yeah. more exciting though.
1: Well, let's actually get into the synopsis. So anyone who hasn't watched Twilight or is not obsessed with Twilight like we are, um, let's give you the rundown of like what actually happens. So high school student Bella Swan, played by Kristen Stewart, always a bit of a misfit, doesn't expect life to change much when she moves from sunny Arizona to rainy Washington State. Then she meets Edward Cullen, a handsome but mysterious teen whose eyes seem to peer directly into her soul. (laughs) Edward is a vampire whose family does not drink blood, and Bella, far from frightened, enters a dangerous romance with her immortal soulmate. I mean, they do drink blood, but it's not like human blood. It's more like deer blood Mm. (laughs) or like Mm. animal blood. They're vegetarians. They're vegetarians. (laughs)
0: Wait, I have a question, though. Yes. So, because you guys read the book, so you can fill me in. So I was confused because I thought that that first scene where they're, like, in that, whatever, it's, like, a warehouse or a factory or something. And then, like, you see a guy, like, basically get eaten. Like, you see somebody come after him or multiple people. And then, like, you see that he's going to be eaten. His blood's going to be sucked. And then, like, Edward's not at school, and when he mm-hmm. comes back, he has, like, his like, glowing gold eyes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, so did he eat that guy or no? Like, I was confused because I'm like, the Cullens are, like, vegetarians or whatever. But Edward didn't, I guess. I don't know. I, I was confused.
2: <laughs> so I think what happened was it was James and his crew who were attacking that guy. And so Edward really was just, like, hunting some deer or whatever in the mountains. <laughs> but um yeah james and his crew were like the ones who attacked them i'm pretty sure right chelsea Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah.
0: they but they were trying i i thought at least they were trying to get us to think like oh did he or did he not but i feel like it wasn't super answered by the end or maybe i just didn't Mm. catch on
2: but i think maybe because i read the books i was just so aware that that wasn't something he would do i didn't even consider that so it's interesting to hear that from your perspective
1: Mm. yeah Yeah, because Carlisle is really supposed to have taught them Well, I mean he did to restrain themselves to not Mm -hmm. drink human blood so they're not reliant of it. Because Edward brings up the fact that he was a monster and he was killing people who were bad. He considers himself evil because he's done that but Bella kind of justifies that and it's like well you were killing murderous people if that you saved people's lives. That's what Mm -hmm. she says. So it's kind of like Bella just accepting him for who he is. And that's why he falls in love with her. Because, like, she doesn't care and doesn't hold him accountable for his past actions. Like, she's like, no, like, I'm head (laughs) over heels for you, Edward. I want to be a vampire. Like, please just turn me turn me now
0: <laughs> it's so insane like it's actually she is unwell like she needs to <laughs> she needs to talk to someone and edward's like uh he's 107 or whatever the yeah. fuck. like this is not <laughs> this is not a healthy relationship but i mean she's 17 so like she's not thinking with her brain
2: yeah, you know. and that's like an argument that some people try to make. It's like, oh, he was stuck like in that seventeen-year-old mindset or whatever. But if you're alive for that long, you're gonna gain life experience and like develop like you're, like you're gonna grow in some kind of capacity. And so like she is like a lot more ignorant in him in a lot of ways, and he did take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, I hope you'd mature if you were yeah. like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a point where he asks her like why she wants this or like why she wants to turn into vampire and she pretty much is like it's not for you it's for myself like she could feel herself being more alive as a vampire and that, like that just serves her a purpose you know like she just feels herself and that she feels like she's always meant to be a vampire I was like but you didn't even know vampires existed so how all of a sudden you're like, I'm meant to be a vampire. And she's only 17. Like, <laughs> What do
2: you yeah. know you're meant to do or be when you're 17? Mm-hmm. It's actually really interesting because like throughout the whole series, she's just considered as like this really special person. But we never really
1: figure out why. <laughs> like yeah. why is she
2: so special? Like why mm-hmm. does her blood smell so good to him? Like why does she be able to block other people's powers? <laughs> we never really figure that out. It's just how
0: it is. It's because she's not like other girls. She's a little bit quirky. (laughs) Yeah, she's just clumsy, she's quirky, she's really smart. So the director of this film is Catherine Hardwick, Um. She was born on October 21st, 1955 in Cameron, Texas. Catherine Hardwick frequently casts Nikki Reed, who plays Rosalie in this film.
1: Isn't it funny, though, that she plays a vampire and now she's with, like, Ian, whatever his face mm-hmm. is? mm um, yeah. yeah. From Vampire
0: <laughs> Diaries, who also plays, like, a vampire. That was that first happened. Weird. I was like, wow. <laughs> they just suck each other's blood. <laughs> Probably. Nikki Reed is also in Hardwick's films 13 and Lords of Dogtown, which I haven't seen, but maybe those will be later episodes. One of Catherine Hardwick's trademarks is sweeping camera movements with distinctive color palettes, which we definitely see in this movie. <laughs> so much. And, oh, she did not attend film school until she was in her late 20s, and she was 48 years old when she directed her first feature-length film, 13.
1: So it's never too late, guys. Yeah, it's kind of inspiring, actually, yeah unfortunately like she wasn't able to direct the other films and i wish that she was because i feel like it would have kept the same dynamic the first film did set the tone like it set like a very good like moody blue tone that you don't get into that same type of feel with the other movies it gets lost actually
2: well yeah for sure when i like when i watch the first one and i go to like the the next few i definitely feel like a shift because like there's such like a like the tone is like looking you in the face (laughs) in the first one but the second one is a a lot more toned down and it does have to do because like it's about Jacob and he's much more kind of like lively I guess and just more warm than Edward is supposed to be the original Twilight seems like more edgy I guess if you want to use that word for the time like 13 year old me like wow this is edgy it's so poetic well (laughs) like the next one I know where it's coming from because of the context of the first one but it it does feel a little bit different
0: I have a question about Alice. I have a couple things to say about Alice. One is so funny. They're like, she can tell the future, but it's objective. And I'm like, dude, she can't tell the future that. <laughs> like, what the hell? But is she like bi or is she gay? Because she, there was, there's a moment, there's multiple moments where she's like kind of looking at Bella. I mean, like, I know she like smells good or whatever, but there's also a moment where like. Edward tells her like keep your thoughts to yourself about mm-hmm. Bella and I was like we have a queer character in Twilight. In
2: <laughs> I actually think with that part he's referring to like Alice knowing that Bella's gonna be a vampire eventually and so he didn't want um, her to tell oh,
0: Bella. okay.
2: yeah but there is the the like theory that Alice is like bi or queer in some kind of way it yeah. might just be like a fanfic kind of thing that I just got way too into somehow but <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely something I've heard
1: yeah <laughs> no I didn't even think about Alice like that no she I feel like she's such like a bubbly character I've always seen her as such like so outgoing and so lovable and she was like Bella's number one like supporter out of the Cullen family because um uh, rosalie was like not with it but rosalie had this envy towards bella that like you know bella had what she couldn't have is rosalie like
0: interested in edward
1: no no i think
2: there was like something about like the parents maybe they like, considering them being together or something like that but it just never worked out and she went with um what's the Emmett that's the bigger guys kind of like really oh, muscular yeah. Him. yeah she ended up with him
0: so Carlyle saved rosalie like without her permission Is that's that kind it? of what he
2: did for everybody yeah pretty much he just like he just found people who were like sick or like dying and he tried to save them and um sometimes it didn't work out but um sometimes it did and then he like accepted them into his family
0: which is like where's the consent like like I don't I don't want to be immortal I don't want to be a vampire like let me die you know like this is my this is my natural course like I'm sorry
2: (laughs) yeah that is true I never even thought about that like he didn't like maybe some of them thought it would be better to like die as a human than to live as a vampire so that's something that like something else that could just be going through their head and they're they're like this wasn't a choice for me literally like he made the choice for me
0: should we talk a little bit about Stephanie Meyer
1: yeah oh my gosh yes there's a part that she's in that I didn't know but she is featured in the first film fun fact in a diner scene in the diner Uh... scene where yeah. they're like, here's Stephanie. They even say, here's Stephanie. Stephanie. Oh wow. Stephanie
0: oh. mm-hmm. Meyer is the author of the Twilight Book series. She says she was inspired by a dream. And she wrote the first book and attracted the attention of Agent Jody Reamer, who secured her a three-book publishing deal. The books have sold over 250 million copies and have been translated into 37 languages, and obviously were adapted for the five-part hit film series. Stephanie Meyer was born Stephanie Morgan on December 24th, 1973 in Hartford, Connecticut, and um, she is of Mormon faith, part of the Church of Latter-day Saints, which actually, like, Makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Like I, we had paused the movie at one point when we were watching, and I was like, "Guys, FYI, Stephanie Meyer is Mormon," and they were like, "Oh my God, that it clicks." Just the having to resist temptation and like, I, I guess I, I kind of equated like becoming a vampire, with like losing your virginity or something, like yeah, like giving into lust, yeah. Yeah, or just, like, repressed emotion, repressed sexuality. Like, I don't know. It's it's very present.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, he waits until he's married to her to have sex with her. Twilight is considered to be a romantic fantasy film. Twilight is the first film from the Twilight series. You have Twilight, then there's New Moon. Then there's Eclipse, and then there's Breaking Dawn, and then there is a new book that was just released called Midnight Sun, and it's from Edward's perspective.
0: So Catherine Hardwick was brought on to direct the film, and Melissa Rosenberg wrote the script. The principal photography took 44 days after more than a week of rehearsals and was completed on May 2nd, 2008. Scenes were filmed primarily in Portland, Oregon. Other scenes were also filmed in St. Helens, Oregon, and Hardwick conducted some reshooting in Pasadena, California. Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart have both like famously talked about how Throughout the entire series, like while I was filming and stuff, they thought it was ridiculous and also thought the fans were ridiculous. But recently Robert Pattinson seems to have changed his tune. He said in an interview with USA Today, It's a fascinating second wave of people appreciating it, which is kind of cool. I think when anything becomes a massive phenomenon, there's always people who get annoyed because it's just everywhere. But now it seems like a retro thing. The soundtrack, the fashion, it's like, oh, that's so late 2000s. Which, yeah, I think that's kind of what's happening now and why it's having this resurgence, along with it coming onto Netflix.
2: Every time I see, like, Edward's hair, I'm like, wow, that's early 2000s. <laughs> Just, like, really <laughs> going
1: for it, whatever it, it is, it's going for it. <laughs> There's nothing that can beat Twilight for what it was at that time, period. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's a song called Cold by Aqualung, I think.
1: And whenever I hear it, I don't
2: know if it was made for the movies or if it was just like a song that they added, but it just brings me so much to that zone of like Twilight and like mm. Godness. <laughs> and so it puts me in that zone so quick. And I like going back there because that was like a part of me, like growing up and everything, I like had a emo phase and all that kind of stuff and i had like that really dark kind of like vampirical kind of vibe going on there's so much that can be associated with twilight for a lot of us growing up definitely was like really impactful for a lot of people
1: did we all go
0: through that gothic phase (laughs) (laughs) probably (laughs) i went through like a tumblr phase
2: i'm still in my tumblr phase tumblr (laughs) i love tumblr i love tumblr so much for like just
1: aesthetic pictures oh, yeah. and stuff i love it it's so cool text
0: posts um, yeah
1: yeah i wish it was still as popular as it was before like i remember trying to get followers on tumblr like thinking it was so cool yeah <laughs> they took porn off
2: tumblr and then
1: everybody left and then they went yeah. to like twitter pretty much <laughs> that's,
0: that's where really they all went out But, like, I was kind of, I guess, on the outside looking in at Twilight, (laughs) you know, and I I don't really remember, like, it wasn't like I hated it or anything, I just wasn't into it, but I remember there was a lot of Twilight, like, hatred that went around, I don't know if you guys remember that, but people being like, it's so dumb, like, it's the worst books ever, the movies are awful. And I watched this video essay, it came out a couple years ago, by Lindsay Ellis, who is amazing. You guys should go check her out if you haven't heard of her. Um, She's a YouTuber. She makes a lot of video essays and stuff about movies and just pop culture, media. And it's about what's called Dear Stephanie Meyer. And it's kind of like an apology letter to Stephanie Meyer. And lindsay ellis kind of reflects on sort of the internalized misogyny that a lot of girls aimed at twilight so there's a interview with melissa rosenberg with indie wire and she says when you start to read the criticism of twilight it's just vitriol it's intense the contempt from critics both men and women we've seen more than our fair share of bad action movies geared towards men or 13 year old boys And you know, the reviews are like, okay, it was crappy, but it was a fun ride. But no one says, oh my god, if you see this movie, you're a complete fucking idiot. And that's the tone with which people attack Twilight. (laughs) Lindsay Ellis talks about, like, how just society hates teenage girls for some reason. Like anything that they like, anything they find joy in, anything that they do, society won't let them just live. And like, yeah, like we don't criticize, you know, whatever, Transformers or anything like that in the same way that people have criticized Twilight.
2: Yeah, I feel like in general, teenage girls are really put down a lot. If they do something one way, they'll be called cringy. And if they do it another way, they'll still be called like something else. Like there's no way to really escape that especially with, like, TikTok and everything, like, um, there's new different types of ways of, like, expressing yourself, and, like, if they're teenagers, the teenagers are going to do certain stuff, and I'm not really going to, like, see anything wrong with it unless it's, like, causing problems, but, like, some people just, like, have, like, the goal to just put Teenage girls down for some reason, as if like their existence is just like not what it's supposed to be. But like, what do you expect from a teenager? (laughs) Like, or they're just trying to like do their best and like trying to feel like happy with themselves. That's all what they're really doing. And so just like putting down a film, like a teen romance film, there are problematic things about it, but if you're not gonna go into that, then like like make them equal like talk about how like shitty a action movie with vin diesel is too like don't just like come for twilight because it's about sparkly vampires or whatever there's different types of bad you should talk about them all
1: looking back at my teenager self i know i was a fucking wreck as a teenager <laughs> yeah. yeah but they did a great job with just showing you like how messed up you are as a teenager yeah. just all the thoughts that get put into you or whatever the case may be like I know I was probably like a depressed teenager you know going Mm -hmm. through all these emotions that I didn't understand so that was like the same with Bella but it gets criticized because like
2: I've had like a lot of daydreams I feel when I was younger that are somewhat in line (laughs) with like how Bella thought but I grew past Mm -hmm. that because I'm more mature you know and so like I'll acknowledge that like that's a part of like the teenage experience just being stupid you know.
0: Something that Lindsay Ellis talks about in the video essay is that, like, a lot of the most vocal critics of Twilight were other teenage girls because they were trying to distance themselves from what had been so heavily criticized and what was seen as this, like, cringy young woman's fantasy, I guess. She was like, there is the sometimes internalized misogyny in pop feminism, and like, yes, the messages in Twilight are problematic. Like, we don't have to say that they're not. Edward watches Bella while she sleeps. Like, that's not
2: okay. Breaks and enters into her house. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, we'll like about. it's it's not it's not good, but like. Like, not every movie has to be this, like, overtly feminist masterpiece, right? Like, there is room for movies like Twilight, like, cheesy romances about sparkly vampires. Like, you know. I want to bring up the indigenous representation. So, Jacob and his tribe aren't that prominently featured in this film, but... I think it's still important to touch on because it becomes much more important in the later films. So, I found this great article that, again, will be in the episode description by uh, Shea Vassar for Film Days. Basically, she points out that the character Jacob is a member of the real-life Quileute tribe, and as of 2010, uh, Stephanie Meyer had failed to financially compensate the Quileute nation and even failed to ask their permission to use their culture as part of the series' marketing. And Vassar says that while this may well have been remedied in the ten years since, Twilight in 2010 was at its cultural peak. Um, And maybe now that, you know, it's kind of resurging, it's another chance for Stephanie Meyer to step up and do the right thing. But we'll see. I'm not holding my breath. But, uh... Basically, Vassar talks about how she compares Edward and Jacob's personalities and how they're portrayed throughout the series and how Edward is, like, very stoic with his emotions and, like we said, he's insistent on um, not having sex until marriage and he has, like, these very Christian, like, you could say Mormon, um, morals and, like, those values were, like, brought to North America during colonization. And then Edward and the entire Cullen family have, like, sworn off these urges, right? So they're all very, like, contained and restrained and whatever. But Jacob is shown as, like, more emotionally off the wall. And she says he's constantly appearing without a shirt, and he's unable to fully control his wolfishness. And these differences play into extremely harmful characterizations of Native people. In addition, (laughs) this is some shit, so Taylor Lautner was cast as Jacob in the films, and um, she uh, Vassar says that while there were admittedly some indigenous actors cast in the supporting roles, the big kicker comes in the casting of the main man himself, Jacob Black. Taylor Lautner, a non-native man, was cast as Jacob. At the time, Lautner was definitely not aware of any indigenous biology or ancestry, and he definitely was not culturally tied to any group or tribe. But then conveniently, in 2008, when the movies came out, the first movie came out, Lautner began to state in interviews that he did have some Native American heritage and said that his mom had ties to the Potawatomi people in Ottawa, but Baxter says this still does not solve the lack of personal ties that create community within indigenous cultures. So... In an effort to do our part and be not like Stephanie Meyer, we want to include some resources in the episode description to learn about and donate to the Quileute tribe and their move to higher ground. So, the Quileute tribe, a lot of their nation is located in a tsunami zone and with rising sea levels and more extreme weather events becoming more common, This could lead to the loss of their home and even members of their tribe. So the Quileute tribe wants to move their community buildings and homes to higher ground where they will no longer be in the tsunami zone. They are going to begin or they are beginning this process with the Quileute tribal school, the only school in the world that teaches the Quileute language and culture. So, um, those resources will be in the description. If you want to learn more about the Quileute tribe, if you want to donate to their move to higher ground, please do so. But we should say our favorite scenes. Okay. And then close yeah. it out. Does that sound good? Yeah. I like the baseball scene. We were freaking out when we were watching it and we were like, this should be an anime. Just like all the crazy shots and like the action. I don't know. It, it just thinking about twilight as an anime it just it all clicks like i don't know i'm sure it's been done too like it has to
2: my favorite scene is i think when they're actually bella and edward are getting food like in that restaurant and he's like admitting everything to her just because that's the only time there's not the blue filter over everything and that just really like even when I was younger I was like oh they're seeing each other in a new light like this is magical
0: (laughs) I just really love that um that's symbolism yeah I was like whoa should I get into film (laughs) that was the moment (laughs) that
1: was what I knew I needed to write film yeah (laughs) should have said that in the beginning Lana (laughs) my inspiration was Twilight specifically this scene my favorite scene i think it's because it's so cheesy but it's like when he's when he takes her to like the woods and they start walking to the woods and he's like as if you can outrun me but <laughs> he's like threatening her that's your favorite part <laughs> uh, and I he's
0: know. like say
1: it <laughs> he's like say it and she's like vampire <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> that's a really memorable scene actually that's probably the most memorable scene out of all of them so it's one. <laughs> yeah.
1: twilight's like that scene like right there because yeah. like that's when he says like and so the lion fell in love with the love lamb like the lamb. Yeah. that was like i was obsessed with that quote and i actually had a bag you know like those tote bags mm-hmm. it had a picture of edward and then a on the back of it and it said like that quote and so the lion fell in love with the lamb
2: (laughs) diehard fan right there
0: (laughs) you talking about them running through the woods or like being in the woods maybe just think of that hang on spider monkey which is Uh, all i could say after i saw it the first time i was like how is that (laughs) nobody talks about that but it's there and
2: it's so crazy (laughs) where did that come from like what was he thinking Out of all things (laughs)
0: Spider-Monkey. (laughs)
2: Spider-Monkey.
0: And it's never addressed and it's never brought back up.
2: Like it's just. Yeah. Like there was no context for him to have that thought and to say it aloud.
1: Thank you for listening. This has been Film Spell, a movie night podcast. Thank you so much, Lana, for being our wonderful guest. Do you want to plug in anything, by the way? Sure, Uh, yeah,
2: you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at It's Koalana. Like, it's, and then the start of Koala, and then just end it with my name, Lana. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that's it. Oh my god, adorable. (laughs) That's cute. (laughs) Thank you. Go follow Lana on her social media platforms. And you can also follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest. All are at Pod. Tell a friend about the podcast if you'd like, and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. That'll help other people find Film Spill,
0: too. You can support the podcast at FilmSpillPod on PayPal. And special thanks to Onyx Films for promoting us. You can check out Onyx's other projects at onyx-films.com. The editing and cover art were done by me, Jackie.
2: Until next time, don't cry over a spilled film.